Hello everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri and this is our first show of 2019, so very excited and happy to be here. I am joined by my friend and co-host, Taylor Wells. What's up, man? Just uh, eagerly awaiting what uh, 2019 has has a show for us. How about you? Uh, I am... I am pretty sick, I'm not going to lie, so I'm going to warn all of our listeners right now. I'm going to try my best not to uh, sound too gross on this show, but it's been, I've been pretty sick actually since a little bit before the new year, so getting over that, but otherwise, doing pretty good. Excited to be here in 2019 and recording our first show of the year. So uh, before we get started on that, Taylor, how's your new year? Did you do anything fun? Uh, Yeah, I got to relax for once, which has been kind of... Hard to find in, in the recent months, so that was nice. Nice, nice. I uh, I went over to a couple friends' house and uh, found out that I'm just about as good at beer pong as I am at Smash Ultimate, which is to say I was the champion. Wow. Beer pong, eh? So there we go. <laughs> That's been a while. Yeah, I know. Kicking it, kicking it old school. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I don't think I've played... I don't think I've played beer pong in maybe nine years. No, seven. So I, I'm gonna totally off topic here. I'm gonna tell you a story. A couple years ago, my apartment uh, flooded. Uh, no, none of my stuff was damaged, but the the walls and stuff like that. Uh, water came through them or whatever. So they had to rip out the the tiles on the ground. So my apartment was basically a concrete with a tarp over it for like a month until they actually fixed it. So uh, we ended up turning my my living room into like a beer pong uh, tournament staging area. So a lot of a lot of uh, good beer pong memories there. Hmm. And did you win every single match? Uh, obviously. No, I, I probably threw some matches for my friends so that they wouldn't feel too bad about themselves. But well, uh, here's the bigger question: Did you win by virtue of having a solid stomach and absolutely dominating and impactful constitution, or just because you're good at aiming? No, it's all about the shot. Eh. It's all it's all about the shot. You, I mean, you kind of sort of have to have a little bit of both, you know. Well. I'm from Canada. The, the first part is no problem. It's the it's the aim that's that's really key. So uh, there you go. You all, but I mean, as with anything, you got to know when to hold them. That is true. So we got a good show for you guys this week. We are going to dive into a very interesting subject that uh, was kind of inspired by Taylor and I's uh, different takes on the video game that is Detroit Become Human. We basically cooked up the question of like. What if if Zelda was in another genre, what would that game look like? And so we tried to pick some lesser obvious genres to uh, to go with. So we're gonna be doing a deep dive into that. We're gonna talk about our most anticipated games for the Nintendo Switch coming out in 2019, uh, and we're also gonna talk about a little story that set a lot of people off about Nintendo and its future in the home console market. But first, I think that we need to touch on something from uh, last week's episode because. We made a pretty big goof when we were talking about uh, Zelda in 2018, and that is we forgot about the existence of Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. Whoops. I don't know that that was really a goof, though, because, again, we're talking about it just kind of being a port, and 
I I guess correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, the definitive edition is mostly just combining all the different features that um, the 3DS version and the Wii U version had into one, right? Yeah, that was pretty much exactly what the definitive edition was about. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't really groundbreaking news to us, I don't think. And and also, I think. It would probably be fair of me to say that neither of us are big fans of Hyrule Warriors. Uh, oh, I, I don't want to speak on your behalf. I but. love it, honestly. I it's just it's not when I think of Zelda, it's not the first thing that comes to mind, especially in the, in the veins of the right. conversation we were having. So, yeah. So, but I did want to, want to acknowledge that yes, that did come out because uh, naturally somebody called us on it right away, and uh, you know I, I had nothing. I was like, oh yeah, well you know. When a game gets ported that often, it's easy to miss. So, uh, But speaking of last week's episode and how we were kind of delving into the realm of what I wanted to see, and that was mobile Zelda gaming, very uh, very interesting report from Nintendo this week that uh, Nintendo president, please don't let me butcher this, Shintaro Furukawa basically came out and said that Nintendo isn't like 100% steadfast dedicated to the home console market. Quote was taken a little bit out of context, I think, and a lot of people jumped on that, saying that Nintendo's going to abandon the home console market. Uh, did you have a chance to read the full article, Taylor? Yeah, I, I read it uh, both when it came out and then again this morning, and I, I'm i not really all that surprised, honestly, by especially, like, taking the quote both in context and out of context. Like, Nintendo has has always been a company that has had its hands in many, many different markets, much like Sony. So, like, for them to say something like that, it's not really too out there, I think. It's just, I guess people are really, really concerned because, you know, everybody loves their Switches, everybody loves their, uh, you know, their Wiis, but they don't, <laughs> they don't necessarily... Uh, always think. There's not that. Say. There's not that trust. Yeah, yeah. With uh, with other games or other game platforms, rather. True. Um. So yeah, I mean, basically, the article that was originally uh, published by Nikia and translated by Nintendo Everything. So props to them. Uh, basically, it it went on to say he was quoted as basically saying this, in that uh, we're not a hundred percent fixed on home consoles. We we basically go where the technology goes. So what he was essentially saying was that home consoles are pretty much where it's at for right now. But if you know technology should evolve, and let's say mobile gaming really is the is the new you know mecca of of the gaming hub, or if there's something else that comes along, Nintendo is willing to kind of broaden its horizons and and go in that direction and not be as rigid. That was basically the full context. Of his quote, and actually he threw this in too, which I thought was kind of cool. It, uh, Furukama basically said, "Like I'm not a game developer. I just make sure the game developers have the tools to make great games," which I think is is very refreshing for Nintendo because a lot of times you kind of get the idea that you know they always thought they knew best. So uh, it was a really cool, it was a really cool article, and I think it like taken in context, it makes a lot of sense. You know what? Again, you know, after after reading that quote, like it was. It was still very Nintendo to me. Like, not only was it diplomatic, kind of just saying, hey, guys, you know, don't worry about what's, what's going ahead. We're always just thinking in the future. It was also kind of just Nintendo's overall statement in general. I've always felt that they've 
been all about the creativity. They've always been about, you know, what can we do to make the best game? And so this whole the whole statement about, you know, we're we're a company that believes in adaptability instead of, you know, just sticking hardcore to one thing. It kind of just reinforced the notions that to me Nintendo, you know, as long as they continue in game development, will always, you know, just have kind of the idea for creative expression, the idea of trying to be as original as possible with what they're with what they're coming out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you've been reading a lot of videos around the internet that are doom and gloom, Nintendo is getting out of the home console market. Uh, don't worry about it. Don't don't feed the people that kind of feed off of that clickbaity, buzzfeedy kind of title and stuff like that. Go read the article. It's actually really cool. We have a news post about it up on Zelda Dungeon, and you can find it. Uh, it's made its way around the internet, so it shouldn't be that hard to find. But, uh, you know, hey, all things point towards... Mobile Zelda 2019. If anything, it just Maybe. makes me more excited for the future uh, of Nintendo games, you know? See what comes out. Um, and I read, too, Nintendo pocketed something like... I, I don't... Sorry, I don't have the actual number in front of me, but it was something like $350 million from mobile game profits this year. So, uh, you know, could be it's definitely it's definitely a thing of the future for sure and definitely something that i think that nintendo should really invest at to kind of get that trust up from people so yeah fair enough see if that actually comes true or not all right my dude it's 2019 we're talking nintendo we're talking the switch let's talk about games coming out this year obviously it's pretty early to know what's going to come out in the year but we do have a few titles confirmed uh Let's kind of go back and forth and, and rap about some few a few games that are coming out this year and talk about why we're looking forward to them and maybe maybe we could even freestyle some games that we might expect to see announced later in the year. All right. Well, I mean, obviously we all saw this coming as soon as uh, the Game Developers Awards, and I have to say. Like it's it still blows my mind that this is happening, and even though I probably won't get it for the Switch, the fact that it's coming to the Switch at all just is great and nothing but good news. And that's Mortal Kombat 11, folks. Finally, I'm gonna be able to talk about Mortal Kombat again with all of my Nintendo fans and all my Nintendo friends. So I'm super super excited for that. I actually want to see how it plays because um, Dragon Ball Fighters which was another game that was originally released for PS4 and Xbox and then later on debuted on the Switch, you know, played really, really well on the Switch and wasn't all that different from its from its brothers. And so I'm, I'm kind of hoping and interested to see if Mortal Kombat also follows that trend. I, I You know, I think that uh, functionality was a big concern that everybody had originally when they when they ported some of these uh AAA games over originally to the switch but i mean doom has run great uh you know wolfenstein is, has run great i have uh, i have very high hopes for mortal Kombat, and i'm hoping that that can be kind of yet another example of hey you don't need to you know you don't need to take baby steps around the nintendo switch it can run powerful games and uh, correct me if i'm wrong that's launching at the same time for switch as it is for everyone else right um i'm not quite sure we're gonna find out more i think if uh i believe it's 10 or 11 days when they're gonna do 
this whole big like gameplay and kind of stuff reveal um, on January seventeenth. Uh, Nether Realm is doing a, a whole thing on that. Uh, but from what it sounded like when they were talking about it, um, Switch was going to get a delayed release, but then the trailer said that it was going to get a simultaneous release, so I'm not quite sure yet. Well, here's hoping that it is not a delayed release, because I think that's really the next step that Nintendo Switch titles need to take from third-party developers is to yeah, kind of... get it on the same day so that you don't have to wait. Yeah, definitely kind of tired of Switch versions of games, you know, just having to always wait for those as opposed to being able to play it instantly on other consoles. Um, so I'm going to lump three games that I'm looking forward to together here, and you can kind of uh, interject as you see fit, because I, I think that, you know, some of them we're probably looking forward to the most, so uh, or looking forward to on the, on the same kind of level. So the first one is Luigi's Mansion 3. Nothing has been announced about the game other than the fact that it is being made and it's coming out in uh, 2019. So I, I expect that would have a big presence at E3. And Luigi's Mansion is a title that ever since it came out on the GameCube and I played it, I remember playing it when it came out and I was just like, ah, this game, it's too short, it's no good. And uh, I was just like, I would always kind of go back to like, it's fun, but it's too short. And I always kind of really slept on how much I really enjoyed playing Luigi's Mansion. And then when Dark Moon came out, um, it was just, uh, it, it was just such a fun, fun game. I'm like a sucker for haunted house levels. I think Luigi is just hilarious. Uh, and you know, it's quietly become one of my favorite Nintendo properties. So I'm, I'm just absolutely stoked for that. And I'm thinking that that probably comes out, what, October, Halloween-ish, I think makes sense? Most likely, since we haven't really heard anything about it. I think it's still probably, it's far along in development, obviously, since it's coming out in 2019. But since we haven't seen anything of it, it seems kind of like it's going to be a later release. And it makes sense to do it, like, during the Halloween season, you know. So I, another one that uh, I think that we're probably both looking forward to, but again, we have absolutely no details. Um, it, it, you know, Nintendo did say that this game was coming out in 2019, but that was a while ago, so things could change. But that is the new Pokemon RPG. Uh, I was really, I was really impressed with Pokemon Let's Go. It just pulled on my nostalgic heartstrings just in the right way, while also, you know, giving us enough new stuff to make it really fun. Um, so I think that the, you know, the next generation, the more traditional Pokemon game, if they just take some of the, the finer tunes from Pokemon Let's Go and, and integrate them, um, obviously the catching system, I would like to see reverted back to normal, but like how Pokemon actually pop up and you can catch them. Uh, I really like that. And so the next core Pokemon game, I think, uh, is, is going to be really exciting. I mean, it's always exciting when new Pokemon are revealed. There's always that hype train, but, uh, I, I think that, you know, they did a little bit with Sun and Moon. They changed up some of the conventions of the Pokemon series. And I think that, you know, every major series for Nintendo so far has felt like it has just kind of revitalized itself on the Switch. And I expect the same thing out of Pokemon. So one thing I've thought about with the Pokemon series in general is just how, like, with all the mainstay games, we're always going to someplace new and we're always going, you know, someplace fresh. But I think that you know, especially with Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, there are enough, like, new features and new renovations to gameplay or, you know, flipping things on its head kind of deal that they could do while revisiting some of our older favorites. Like, 
I mean, I really enjoyed visiting Kanto again, but I'd also love to to visit Johto again. Like the whole Heart Gold Soul Silver was great, um, and they also kind of introduced some new things. Like they just kind of modernized those versions, and where they took you know recent features in the newer mainstay games and applied them to the older games. I kind of just want like a a new version entirely, you know, like kind of do the whole well, if we're going to, you know, implement all the uh, the new features and new gameplay mechanics that we would in a mainstay Zelda game, why don't we just start with maybe something a little older? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see enhanced remakes of the fourth generation of Pokémon games because I mean you had Fire Red and then Soul Silver and then Omega uh, Sapphire. And then uh, we're on the fourth generation now, so uh, like I, I don't know, get get out like Moonshine Diamond and Tequila Pearl or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be too surprised surprised to see that on the Switch. Well, I would absolutely pay thousands of dollars to get Pokemon games <laughs> with those names. <laughs> I uh, I'm thinking more along the lines of like a fresh new start in an older land. So like instead of like kind of repeating the story of of say the fourth generation or or Johto or, or whatever right. have right. like a, a new character experiencing their own new story but in an older land with some more familiar Pokemon maybe even some new Pokemon too and I think it would be easier on Nintendo's development team I'm always having to try and come up with new freaking Pokemon we might get less lazy uh yeah designs yeah. I uh, I'm I'd be down for that oh you know what honestly I I rarely think that the Pokemon games are like spectacular but they're always good to great yeah so pretty much whatever they're gonna give me i'm, I'm gonna be happy with uh, either way yeah you know what i want though i want a new evolution it's been too long it's been too long with the pokemon that literally has the most evolved forms of any other pokemon out there yeah i want a ghost and i want a dragon type eevee for this next generation make it happen nintendo okay you know what i'll give you the dragon one i want a dragon eevee yeah wouldn't that be cool well, you said you had a, you were lumping three together, right? Uh, yes, I did. And I'm not sure that you're a big fan of this series, so I'll, I'll just gloss over it quickly. Fire Emblem Three Houses. Okay. Are you a, You're not really a Fire Emblem kind of guy, are you? Uh, I am and I am, I'm not. So, like, there are some games I really, really like. Like, I, I loved uh, Roy's original game, um, and I also loved Fire Emblem Fates. I didn't play Awakening because it didn't appeal to me. Um, so I, it, it kind of depends. I, I'm there and I'm not. Uh, first, hold on. First of all, let me cut you off and say like Awakening is, I've played a lot of Fire Emblem games. That one's by far the best. Okay. So if you, if you enjoyed Fates, you'll enjoy Awakenings or Awakening rather. Um, but anyways, so like Fates, Awakening, those are just such rock solid games. Uh, you know, I, I think that Three Houses is going to be, I, I think it's going to be good. So I'm excited for that. So I won't spend a whole lot of time talking about it since we literally don't know anything about it but um you know it's it's another example uh kind of like pokemon like the games are usually always good to great so i'm i'm pretty excited to to play a new one it's one, especially on the switch yeah it's one of those i'd say i'm kind of cop cautiously optimistic about i um i've enjoyed games in the series before um I've also yeah. not enjoyed some of the games in the series, so I'm just I'm curious to see what'll happen, and I and I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, I just need to see more before I make a huge decision on it. 
Yeah, and I feel like Fire Emblem has kind of got a bad rap on this show for the last couple of months because of how often we complained about all the Fire Emblem guys in Smash. Yeah, as much as we dump on them in Smash, like, I think both of us actually, you know, generally like the series. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, take it away. Uh, I'm going to say my next pick is, uh, I mean, you've heard me about it before on a couple of different segments where we've been talking about kind of like the best games on a different console, but uh, Travis Touchdown is getting is finally getting a second game. Uh, essentially, No More Heroes 2. We are getting a sequel title that will expand upon our quirky beloved hero, and I cannot wait to delve back into that world, especially uh, not just from a, from a gameplay standpoint, because the gameplay was a lot of fun, but also from an artistic standpoint. I think it was one of those games on the Wii that was... Almost as uh, artistically unique as, say, Mad World or Okami. It definitely, it, it definitely had a distinct style. Actually, you know what it kind of reminded me of, and maybe this is a little bit of a stretch, but it was kind of stylistically similar to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, where they had that very uh, animation-y kind of animation, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, you know what? That actually, that that makes a lot of sense. I, I really like that comparison, actually. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to play that, too. I'm right with you um, with that. It's been a long time since I played the original No More Heroes. I never did play the sequel, but this one just looks quirky. And it's got the golf shirt from Golf Story, so... I also yeah, really want to see what they're going to do to shake things up. Because, obviously, it, you know, this is... A, this is Nintendo we're talking about, and B, this is just a, you know, gaming faux pas. You never do this, and making the game the exact same as before with just a different story that would be a little uh a little lame so i'm i'm curious to see what they're going to do differently uh well one game i know that you're looking forward to that's coming to switch in 2019 is final fantasy 9 oh my god <laughs> and i'm i'm really looking forward to final fantasy 12 i think that that is one of the best final fantasy games probably the best except for nine and that's our show the folks. absolute best so I'm really looking forward to these games coming over. Um, they they picked every good Final Fantasy, and they're porting it over to Switch, so uh, what more can you ask for? Another one that I'm uh, really excited about is a game called Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. Now, Bloodstained just had a release uh, not that long ago on the Switch, and it was... If for anybody that doesn't know, Bloodstained is, is made by the creator of the original Castlevania series, and uh, the first game that was released a couple months ago is... is kind of an homage to the NES style of Castlevania games. Uh, it's very action-y, very, very in, the, in, its, in that same vein that you would have seen Simon and Richter in. Um, and Ritual of the Night is a giant Metroidvania game, kind of in the style of Symphony of the Night or Dawn of Sorrow or something like that. So very, very excited about that because, uh, man, I, I, I need my Castlevania fix and I, I haven't played a good Castlevania game in a long time. Man, I've not heard of this game before, and now I need to. So I think you got me hooked on that one. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool. So any any others that you're looking forward to, Taylor? Uh, for... I You know, something that occurred to me, and we kind of talked about it before, is just like, there's, there's definitely some solid hits coming out in 2019, but again... As before, you know, it's it's a little early, and I don't think they've quite announced all their 
their upcoming stuff. But since we did mention kind of some ports like uh, like Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, uh, I I will say I'm I'm pretty excited to see uh, Phoenix Wright come onto the Switch, even though it's just the first three games. Um, it kind of gives me hope that there might be, you know, a, f- a full-blown Phoenix Wright title in the future for Nintendo Switch. So I'm, I'm a little hyped about that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, we're both big fans of that series. Uh, I still need to play the last uh, Spirits of Justice game. Oh, you have still played- got it. I, I, I bought it, and I only played about the first five minutes. Uh, I had just played apollo before that and then i just played dual destiny so i kind of needed a little bit of a break from phoenix but man if they announced a new phoenix right game that'd be the perfect time to get back into it i think all right man you you gotta finish that yeah so uh yeah i'm right there with you uh my last title that i'm looking forward to you're gonna see it on inspired by zelda sometime in 2019 when it releases it's a game called Ida. uh it's very it's very zelda-ish just go check it out it looks really cool uh like a throwback zelda title so yeah, I, I think that uh, 2019 is going to shape up to be, I think, a better year for the Switch than last year was. And uh, obviously, you know, hopefully Nintendo has got a few more hits up their sleeves. Maybe, I, I you know, I'm still not convinced that Metroid Prime 4 is a 2019 title, but if it is, you know that that's going to be number one for me. I think if they came out with Metroid Prime 4 in 2019, it would absolutely be a better year than 2018. Oh, yeah, whatever, whenever, whatever year. Metroid Prime 4 comes out is going to be the best year since Breath of the Wild came out. So there you go. All right. So that's 2019 in a nutshell. All the stuff that we're looking forward to. No Animal Crossing love from us, unfortunately. Sorry. There will be massive Harvest Moon love, though, if that gets announced. Yeah. Animal Crossing, uh, never, never done it for me. It's, uh, it's all right, but I I don't go out of my way to play it. But I know a lot of people are excited about that, and that'll be one of Nintendo's biggest games for the next year. So, the best part of Animal Crossing for me is the gigantic meme lord that uh, Villager and Isabel are in Smash. <laughs> so. The best part of Animal Crossing for me is shutting it off. Heyo! Oh, let's snap. move on to our next. What we're really here for. Uh, so we were talking the other night about some cool ideas for the Champions Cast in 2019, and uh, we kind of came up with the idea after having a discussion about playing Detroit Become Human, how Zelda would have fared in that same style of game, and of course that blossomed into how would Zelda fare in, in this style of game, or that style of game, or this genre, or blah 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 blah. So we jotted down a few uh, different genres, and we're here to give you kind of our take on how we see that game playing out so i think for the most part you know obviously these would be non-canon games kind of side story games or whatever but uh you know i i think that zelda could stand to have a little bit more fun with its releases like you know you you get the fun in mario you have the fun uh mario tennis you have you know mario paint like all all this kind of fun silliness or whatever that's not intended to be taken too too seriously I think that Zelda could probably stand to to have some of that. I mean, you don't want it to be a complete brouhaha laughing kind of a joke of a series, but, you know, some of these games I think would be really cool that we've put together. So uh, I guess without further ado, let's take it away. Did you have anything that you wanted to start with? Uh, well, actually, yeah. Um, on our One of the genres on our list is kind of like tactical RPG. 
And something that made me really think about this was a series called Total War. Now, this is a game series that's usually for PC. Um, I don't know if it's actually ever had a console release, but something tells me that one of my friends is going to yell at me after this for not knowing this. But um, Total War has always been a game like takes different kind of older civilizations, so like Rome or Japan or, you know... Um, or even if uh, fantasy fictional universes like Warhammer, and it puts you kind of like on a map, and you choose a faction. So in, in Total War Shogun's case, you picked like one of the uh, samurai clans of Japan, and then you try and lead that clan to total domination or victory uh, on the map. And I think that Hyrule Warriors kind of sort of kind of brought that that possibility into into the realm because we've got a game called Dynasty Warriors, which is what this is based off of, that dealt with um, kind of a romanticized version of, you know, uh, real-life historical events. It was the Three Kingdoms period. And so if you're, if you're thinking about it, like, Hyrule Warriors is kind of like a very just, oh, hack-and-slash version of it. It doesn't really include kind of the, the coolness that could be sort of like a, a historical aspect of it. But if you take a series like Total War and kind of combine it with that, um, I think that Zelda could do really well in that format where you could have like the whole map of Hyrule and then you could pick a faction. Like you say you wanted to be the Zora or you wanted to be the Gerudo or you wanted to be, you know, Hylians or, you know, what or Hyrule itself or whatever. Um, and then you could build up your armies, take over territories, kind of stuff like that. And... I think it could function. It wouldn't be necessarily a super, super story-driven game unless... I mean, I mean, you could definitely try, I guess, but... I don't think that those games have to be too, too story-driven, though. Like, the, the gameplay that you're describing itself sells itself. Yeah, because it's more about creating your own story, kind of like how Breath of the Wild was attempting to do that. So I think that's, some, that's something that could be a, a really interesting and... A little bit more of a unique type of Zelda game. Uh, yeah, I think that that sounds really cool, actually. So it's funny, when we put down Tactical RPG, that yours is like this grandois, epic kind of uh, kind of an idea. My idea for a Tactical RPG was like the complete opposite direction, and a lot of people are going to dump on me for this. I would love to see a Zelda Rabbids crossover in the same vein of Mario Rabbids. I loved that game. It was so much fun. And, you know, I know a lot of people immediately are going to see the rabbits and be like, not for me. Like, these things are these things are stupid. They remind me of minions. And, and you know, there is some element of truth to that. But when you play Mario Rabbids, they're not that overbearing. And I think that they added a lot to the story. Um, so, I, I, you know, I loved the game a lot. They did a really successful version of Mario and then Donkey Kong. So, why not Zelda? Um, I, and I know that a lot of people out there are kind of thinking already, like, you know, the styles clash and, and the tone doesn't match up. But, you know, I, I don't know that if you put Toon Link beside a rabbit that it would look that ridiculous. Like, if you had Tingle and Toon Link and whoever, like a Deku Scrub, as your playable characters, and you had the, the rabbit versions of them, I don't think that would be too ridiculous. And you know what? The gameplay for Mario Rabbids is incredibly, incredibly deep and very nuanced. And, you know, it's it's not a kid's game. It, it is a very, it's a thinker's game, you know? And you have to be good at it and you have to plan ahead if you're going to do well, which is 
the hallmarks of a good tactical RPG. So I think that Zelda could really, you know, I think it would thrive in that if they if they use the same systems, and it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, despite my undying hatred for Toon Link, like I, I would really, I would really love to see that kind of game come to fruition. Um, I too really enjoyed the Mario versus Rabbids. And I also agree, it does. It's not really as out of place, I think, as as a lot of people are under the impression. I mean, and obviously, you see a rabbit next to uh, Twilight Princess Link, it's gonna look startling, but <laughs> sure. But again, it's like Zelda's kind of artistic style and and Zelda's theme or aesthetic has also changed, you know, drastically over over the years, and it doesn't even remain consistent in its own in its own ways. So. It's not. It's not like it. It wouldn't be possible to do something like that, you know. I I think that it could be really cool. So, I agree. Uh, this is one that I jotted down as well. Speaking of Castlevania and speaking of Bloodstained, a Metroidvania game. And so, for anybody that doesn't know, Metroidvania is the style of gameplay that, you know, as the name would imply, Metroid and Castlevania typically employ where you start off with a map, you're free to explore, you can go from A to B, and then from B to C, and then back to A once you have a power-up that allows you to explore further, etc., etc. So I think that, and and typically these games are a 2D game that kind of combine platforming, action, all of the, all, all of that kind of stuff. Um... I think that it would be a really cool opportunity to have, let's say like, like let's say like a side game with Sheik as your playable character, and you're exploring a rundown old Hyrule castle. So, literally just ripping off Castlevania right now. But just imagine that, and you can power up your different uh, weapons. You know, eventually you can you can transform into the mist, or you can transform into I don't know something. You can get her different power ups. You can get her chain needles, and, and that'll help you advance further and further, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you can have your different utility items and stuff like that. I I think that it would, I think that it could really work. And and Sheik kind of is the character to me that makes the most sense doing this. Um, obviously. You know, obviously Link and all of his different items and stuff seems like a no-brainer, but in the context of just kind of wanting to do a side story, I think that Sheik is just the, the character that makes the most sense. She seems the most versatile, and, you know, if you set that that story, let's say, in in the seven years from Ocarina of Time's child portion to its adult portion, hey, that's a cool story that you could tell. So you kind of want a new version of Zelda 2. Well, I mean, kind of, but Zelda 2 is more so straightforward, where it's, uh, you know, typically you'll run from one end of the stage to the other, and then go back to the overworld and, and repeat, whereas this one, it will be like Zelda 2, but there's not that overworld, and you're in a big interlocking map, basically. I mean, for anybody that's ever played Super right. Metroid, that's kind of what I'm looking for, is, is the Zelda equivalent of a Super Metroid. I think it would be interesting. Um, I've actually kind of always been interested to kind of see a revisit of of Zelda Two and kind of what might be possible now with with the way modern versions of that type of game are done. So you know the whole side scrolling two uh, D versions. Uh, so I, I guess kind of in the same veins as as well as um, uh, Dead Cells. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Um, yeah, I think it would definitely be very, very interesting to see where and how they could kind of take those those gameplay elements that 
seem very old school and translate them into modern versions. I, I'd be very curious to play that game. And I mean, Metroidvanias have been making a big, big comeback in the last couple of years. Um, Hollow Knight and Ori and the Blind Forest are, are just two examples I can think of off the top of my head that really showed like that these games... These games are not a relic of the past, and they can be as good as ever, you know, in today's environment. So, Dust, Elysium Tale? Yeah, yeah, totally. I've actually, I've got that game on order from Limited Run Games sometime, eventually. It's, it's an amazing game, so, and it's definitely along those lines. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dust is a great game. Um, so, yeah, you know, you apply the little, a little Zelda dust to that, and I think that you could have something good. So, next up, we thought about uh, rhythm games are something that's been popular for quite a while now. I want to say, like, maybe 11 years or so. Rock Band, Guitar Hero games came out and started kind of like an explosion of that. Uh, We even have a Final Fantasy version uh, called uh, Theater Rhythm, which uh, which is where I got a lot of my inspiration for this kind of type of game. And I think um, you supplied the whole Ocarina argument and where... This is a game where you could kind of you could kind of pick like any character from from Zelda and put them in this, and you can choose like maybe a different instrument or something like that, and then you get to kind of yeah like do a rhythm game and play the different pieces from all across Zelda. And and you know what I can hear people rolling their eyes and and shutting off this show right now, but you know what, broaden your horizons. It 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 could be kind of cool. Like, Zelda is, is rich. They're not bad games. Yeah, like, Zelda is very rich with music to, to pick. Um, you know, it's it's rich with instruments that it's had from the ocarina to the flute to the harp to, you know, you name it. And you can really make it work. Um, would it, you know, would it be a game that most diehard Zelda fans are, are clamoring to see? No, probably not. But, you know, if, if they're going to make it, like, it could be kind of cool. I'd, I'd kind of put it on that Metroid Prime pinball level where, like, not exactly what we were asking for, but I mean, it's kind of neat, you know. Um, so I, I, you know, and we did say beforehand, we did say beforehand that you know none of these games necessarily have to be canon or like main title Zelda games. Right. It's just some fun ideas to toss around. You yeah, I, I think, and I think that this could be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't, I don't envision a rhythm game in the same kind of vein as like a rock band where you're buying, uh, you know plastic ocarinas that have different notes and stuff like that but uh you know i think it could i think it could be fun and i think that you know zelda has such a plethora of music that could be translated into this and if if people were willing to give it a shot it it could be fun what was it when we were doing the like the best music of zelda ever list a year and some change ago and where, like, we were looking at it, and there's, like, over, like, a thousand hours or something like that of Zelda music. Oh, yeah, it's just something absolutely sickening, the, the amount of music that this series has. So, I mean, in, in a sense, you could almost do it like your rock band. You could pick the Song of Storms and try and play it on your ocarina. Maybe you're fighting uh, Ganon, who's got an electric guitar, and whoever battles more, I don't know, floods the other. I don't know, it could be cool, though. Why not? I think there's a lot of potential for it to just make, you know, a, a fun game that you might not drop, you know, 5,000 hours into, 
in a dedicated session, but you know, you, you can just play it here and there just for fun and, and, and enjoy it and get, get musically. Inclined. This, this I think would be like the ultimate Zelda phone game actually. Yeah. Uh, like just, sure. a, just a quick on the go, something that you can play for a couple minutes um, and just have a little, have, have fun with. So, all right. So now that everyone shut off our show after they heard the, the words rhythm game, uh, let's talk about interactive story. So obviously this is a direct, a direct, sparked yeah, discussion. It, it, I just finished Detroit Become Human last night. Uh, really interesting game and experience worth playing for sure. Uh, Taylor, I know that you loved it. We, we touched on it a little bit last week actually as well. So we won't spend too much time going over it. Um, it kind of got me thinking like would Zelda excel in that really, really story-driven style that Detroit kind of lives in, or even Phoenix Wright, to a lesser extent, kind of lives in as well, where it's pretty much an interactive story. Ult- like Ultimately, I would say that Zelda excels in a kind of hybrid format, but if you were to take Zelda and put it into that exact genre, like uh, a la Phoenix Wright or Detroit or Heavy Rain or whatever... I think that you could make a really successful game of it, but it would be probably difficult to market towards the current audience of Zelda. Now, that being said, I think it also opens up Zelda to a whole lot of, you know, casual gamers, so to speak. And I think this is something that when I was hearing what you were saying about Detroit, and your opinions on it and how it, it has a really great story. It has a really, you know, an interesting look into things like that. But it just doesn't play as well for you. I think it's it's one of those games that ultimately it, it makes it so that people who aren't as uh, into maybe hardcore gaming such as you or myself or being able to use our, our skills as gamers in those games to succeed really well. Um, I think it makes it more accessible. I think it makes the the series more accessible and it also allows for a place where Nintendo can really dig deep and tell a, a really interesting, a really maybe even convoluted, uh, but a, d- a deep story as one in which all of us, you know, fans of, of the series who love the lore, you know, would would love and crave, you know, to get added to the series, like expand upon things, like you know, all all the things about like the Gerudo, how they're such an interesting race, and where it's uh you know a group of of females who who amongst whom one one male is born every hundred years, and in our case, uh, that happens to be the Gerudo King Ganondorf, uh, the prime villain of our series, or the Zora, you know, a group of really really cool uh for lack of a better phrase fish people who have over the course of the series been good guys bad guys you know can use their their fins as weapons or boomerangs even though that's might just be a a link-esque specific feature (laughs) you know it's yeah like you could just explore a whole lot of these cool different things and kind of give a a story element to it as opposed to just a gameplay element to it and I, I kind of think it might be fun if uh, if Nintendo kind of went the humorous way with this because I, I think that they're really good. They're really underrated when it comes to writing funny dialogue. 
let's say you had a uh, let's say you had a Phoenix Wright style game starring Groose. I think that'd be hilarious. You know, like where you can kind of shape the decisions of of what you want to do, or or somebody like Groose, or even like a Tingle or something like that. Uh, and it's just like one ridiculous thing after the other, um, not necessarily centered on gameplay, but just basically like a visual novel or something like that. I, I think that it could be pretty cool. Sure. I, I think, um, I think you, they, they could and probably should do both. Like why not? I play a tingle game. It's, it's an avenue where worth <laughs> willing to explore. Yeah. I play tingle too. I won't All right. Lie. So speaking of tingle, let's move on to the last one here, which is a horror game. So, <laughs> Uh, I, I had kind of a cool idea that I thought might be, might be kind of neat for a horror game. So we were talking about this earlier and, uh, we were, we were thinking of different ways how Zelda could work in a horror, you know, type of setting. And I think that the, the, the chief thing is you can't play as Link and you can't play as Zelda. And, and maybe to me, that's just because Link is, is so powerful and he's such a reassuring figure and he's, you know, he's the hero and everybody knows he's the hero. When you play as him, there's just that sense of calm because you know that no matter what, at least you've got Link or at least you've got Zelda. So to me, the first thing would be to get them out of there and have a new character where, you know, you're not really sure. Like, it, it, you're a little bit more scared. Like, is this character going to be able to overcome uh, the challenges? Is this character expendable? Am I going to make it? Etc. Etc. So my idea was maybe let's let's just say after the events of Link's Awakening, there is a there's some kind of nightmare world still. You're playing as Marin and you're trying to you know kind of go through this nightmare world, find the Windfish, and maybe wake him up to become a real person again. You don't have anything. All you have is your harp and the ability to turn into a seagull or something like that. Um, and you're in this very surreal nightmare world that you know, can throw tons of different dark things at you. Um, I thought that that concept actually was kind of cool. Shut up and take my money. Like I would, I would totally pay to to play a game and where I get to watch Marin kind of get haunted by Dead Hand. Yeah, and I mean, you could see like. You can see, like, Dead Hand. You can see uh, the, the origins of some of these creepier Zelda enemies in there. You could have Rededs everywhere. Because, I mean, Zelda's already got some extremely creepy enemies. All you'd have to do is just dial that switch up a little bit, and you know, they wouldn't look out of place in a Resident Evil game, right? So. Right. Did you see that one artist, kind of like similar to the Pokemon in real life type deal, but there was an artist out there, I don't know, it might have even been the same person, who did kind of like the the creepier versions of Zelda creatures in like what they would look like in real life? Oh no, I, I didn't. And but that sounds awesome. Like, oh, there's a there's a nightmarish version of a Skulltola that just oh, it set my skin crawling. I was like, that is so awesome. Like, if you could put that in a horror game or like a Zelda horror game, that would be amazing. I gotta check that out now. Yeah, I'm all about this this idea for a Zelda horror game. Zelda Zelda horror game might have actually been my favorite of our bunch because I I think that it just it fits so naturally and it's not something that you might have necessarily thought of immediately when thinking about a Zelda game and another genre. I think everybody immediately goes to RPGs and probably you know a lot of people would go to just like a straight up action or platforming game too. But this I feel like really really has potential. Oh, absolutely. I think of all of the genres, it definitely has the most potential. 
so that would be cool uh, if we if we ever did get to see that. So tell us what you think. What what genres? What crazy ideas do you have that you'd want to see the Zelda series branch off into? Uh, that's gonna do it for us this week on our first show of uh, 2019. Cutting it a little bit short because you know I don't feel good. Head on over to Podbean. Head on over to iTunes. Drop us a like. Drop a drop us a subscription. A comment. A review. All of that good stuff. Head on over to Twitter. I am at Spateri316. He is at GIF underscore Bluehawk. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Later, guys.